Hello and welcome to Grow Up Summer School, an APG Canada podcast where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee, and this week on the show, we'll be continuing with our strategy toolkit. Every day this week, we'll be dropping one new episode each day to give you even more opportunities to grow on everything from how to brand a startup to how to hone those presentation skills to today, how to hire during the great resignation. Today, we're talking to Sarah Stapley, founder and principal recruiter of Good People. Just before we dive in, we'd like to give a special shout out to the team at Forsman and Bodenfor for sponsoring today's episode. As one of Canada's leading strategy departments and supporters of strategic planning, they've shown a keen interest in continuing to help us foster and strengthen Canada's strategic talent. And for that, we thank you. Now let's dive into the show. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Um, So I am a headhunter specializing in creative search for the Canadian ad industry. Um, I've always been a creative person. And when I went to ad school, I just fell in love with this idea that these jobs even existed. Copywriting, art direction, design. You get to have fun making things that millions of people will see and you get paid for it. Um, So I spent the first 10 years of my career working in agency creative departments uh, in a couple of different roles, um, but essentially all sort of in service of creative. Um, And that's where where I really became passionate about supporting the incredibly talented uh, creative people that I worked with. So that led me to recruiting. um, And so I spent uh, the last six years with a really amazing executive search firm. And uh, and then last year I went out on my own um, under the brand Good People. Uh, and started my own recruiting business. Amazing. And uh, I'm really interested to get your perspective on what the last two years has been like. I mean, can you can you sum that up in the next? Uh, I guess what do we have here? 20 or so minutes? Um, you know, what's what's happening? It's been wild. Uh, it's been wild. Um, I mean, the beginning of the pandemic was obviously, um, you know, a, a scary time for a lot of people. Um, but the the market bounced back, uh, and then it, it really hasn't stopped. Um, and there's been a lot of things that have uh, have changed. So, I think before I get into the tips, I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of what's driving the great resignation or the great reshuffling or you know whatever people are calling it. Um, Adam Grant, uh, who is an organizational psychologist, did a bit of research on this, and he sort of had three main factors that were that were driving this. I'm going to add a fourth, just based on on some of the things that I'm seeing. But um, number one is, you know, is pretty obvious. It's burnout, um, and you know, I, I don't think that requires any further explanation. I think we all kind of know what that looks like, um, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, the second factor he talked about was um, facing our own mortality. Um, and through the pandemic, realizing that life is short and, you know, the five-year plan has kind of gone out the window for a lot of people. So there are a lot of people that have decided to start businesses or have gone freelance, um, and, and are, you know, kind of doing the things that they'd put off. Um, and then the third, uh, the third factor is shifting of priorities and, and really changing attitudes toward work and the role that it plays in our lives. Um, and this is something that's it's generational and it, it's been it's been going going on for a long time and it's it's been a long time coming. But I think it was something that was, um, you know, maybe more pronounced during the pandemic and people looking at, you know, their lives and their their work life integration and um, and that kind of thing and, and making some choices based on on w- what their priorities are now. So those are kind of three of the driving factors. Um, and then. Some of the things that we've been seeing lately as well, you know, in some cases, um, you know, as companies are phasing back the, you know, return to office, um, some people don't want to go back at all. Um, there have been people that have 
left Toronto. They've gone and, and bought homes in more affordable markets, um, you know, and, and are looking for a bit more of a, a remote scenario permanently. So that's something that we're starting to see a bit more of, um, you know, as uh, as companies start to open back up and, and, and bring people back in. Ultimately, we are in, you know, a market where talent demand just far outweighs supply, and that has shifted the power dynamics in favor of the employees. So if you're somebody who's looking for something new, it's a, it's a good time, um, but it can also be a really challenging time for organizations who are trying to, you know, retain and hire people um, because there is just so much happening and, and so much competition in the market. And people are expecting more from their employers now, and they aren't afraid to look elsewhere to get what they need. And I'm, I'm curious, um, across these factors, burnout, um, you know, mortality, shifting priorities, return to office, are you seeing any differences by generation, by level of seniority, and also by kind of department or, or like, you know, if you're a creative or you're a strategist or account person or whatever it may be? That's an interesting question. I mean, I think in terms of um, generation, certainly millennial and Gen Z, um, there's a, a more of a demand for um, for better work-life balance, for more flexibility. I would say it's a little more pronounced. Um, um, I think, in, you know, in large part, agency leadership wants to bring people back together, you know, for collaboration, maybe not, you know, not, not full time and, and maybe a couple of, couple of days a week. Um, but um, I would say it's definitely being driven by generations that are, are sort of up and coming in the workforce today. Um, across departments, um, not really. I think, you know, there's, there are some departments where remote work makes more sense than others. You know, if you're, um, if you're a developer and you need to code all day and you need quiet and you want to just put your headphones on, that makes more sense to be, to be fully remote versus if you're in a role that requires more collaboration. Um, you know, if you're creative and, you know, you have a brainstorm or a client presentation or things like that, um, you know, it makes more sense to, to be um, in person in some cases. So, um, so those would be kind of the, um, I guess the trends that we're seeing. Hmm. Interesting. And, and so what kind of, I guess I'm curious what kind of counsel you're giving to your clients. You obviously have them on both sides, both employers and employees. Um, maybe that factors into some of the tips you're going to take us through. For sure. And these tips are, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no secret sauce. Um, these are really what I would call best practices and, and things that, Companies should be doing anyway, um, but especially now. Um, so tip number one uh, is, is obvious, but you need to move quickly. Um, things are, you know, are moving a lot faster now. Um, so companies need to simplify their hiring process in a way that allows them to still adequately and properly assess a candidate, um, but without making it too onerous or time consuming. You have to assume that every single person you meet is also interviewing with, you know, one or two other companies, sometimes even more than that. So you could start with four or five people on your shortlist. And by the time you get to the final interview, two of those people might already have accepted other offers. So it's it's moving really quickly and it can be unpredictable. One of the things that I always, um, I always do personally and also um, coach my clients to do is you know, ask candidates at the beginning of the process and at every stage throughout, are you interviewing elsewhere at the same time? And if you are, what stage of that process are you in? And that's really going to give you a clear picture of how quickly you need to move um, in order to secure your top choice. Ultimately, if you're taking weeks and weeks or months to make decisions, it's going to be really difficult to make a hire. 
That's interesting because I guess also given the number of factors um, that you can kind of build into an employee work experience now, you know, remote or not, um, hours, other kinds of flexibility, it might make you want to consider a candidate more closely in terms of whether they're going to be a right fit for your rapidly changing culture or not. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Okay. What's your second tip? Second tip uh, is to boost your employer brand. So in the before times, you know, agencies could really build their profile through the great work that they do for their clients, through the recognition that they're achieving for their work. Um, You know, they could post a job and applicants would come pouring in. They'd have hundreds of, you know, hundreds of applicants and people to go through. Um, Today, everyone seems to be hiring for the exact same roles and the competition is really, really high. So what you need to be doing is communicating how your company is meeting the changing needs of employees. And that's what's going to give you the competitive advantage today. So five things that people are looking for and five, you know, five reasons and levers that you have at your disposal in terms of, you know, being able to attract talent and and retain talent as well um, at the moment are number one, better pay and benefits. Um, Number two, work-life balance. Number three, flexibility, and that's, you know, for hybrid or remote work. Number four, opportunities for career advancement. Uh, and number five is values alignment. Um, and, that you know, things that sort of fall under that umbrella um, could include, you know, does this organization have a healthy corporate culture that puts people first? Is this company taking action to build a, a diverse and inclusive workforce? Those are things that people are asking for. So if, you know, I would... You encourage organizations to look at those areas and um, and where you're doing well and where you can can sort of meet the needs and the changing demands of the marketplace. You need to be talking about that through your entire process. Um, you know, on your website, in your social media, um, you know, in your in your job postings. Um, if you're working with an internal or external recruitment partner, make sure they're really clear on your. Um, unique selling proposition and, and the you know your company values and the things that you're offering um, and that are on the table because those are what are going to um, attract people toward your opportunity over another when they have tons and tons of options. Um, so it's it's no longer good enough to be a great company that does great work and simply exist. Um, you need to take action and, and market yourself if you want to stand out and, and get attention. What are you noticing in terms of how uh, companies are communicating their work-life balance or their flexible hybrid or or remote? Um, You know, with work-life balance, is it stipulating a certain number of uh, like job hours and then, you know, we we don't bother you after five or with flexible hybrid remote, is it, you know, we want you in the office two days a week versus three or how does, how does that get communicated? For sure. Some companies are doing it through um, through their job postings and talking about sort of, you know, what what kind of hours you can expect. Um, some companies are, um, you know, are engaging their current workforce to go out and talk about it for them. Um, and I think that's the biggest opportunity for a lot of companies. If you're treating people really well and, and you can, you know, you can provide a lot of these things that people are looking for, empower your employees, um, have a, an internal referral incentive program, create social posts that talk about some of these things and have them share it to their networks um, and sort of engage them in recruiting on your behalf and bringing people toward your, your amazing company and all of the things that you're, you know, you're offering um, in this market. I think a big one too, um, compensation has become a really big driving factor more so than, you know, than probably 
in a, in a long time. Um, so if you have the opportunity and if you're able, and I know not, not all companies are, but, um, if you're able to list a, you know, um, a salary range, you know, in your job posting, um, or have, you know, have your internal talent team talk about that openly, uh, that's a competitive advantage. Um, and I think it's not only, you know, it's not only going to gather you, you know, or, or it's not only going to bring you more, more applicants, um, and, and you'll have a better response rate, but it also is going to have a bit more of a halo around your employer brand because it's, it's that transparency that people are looking for. Okay. What's your tip number three? Tip number three is screen in versus screen out. So the reality is you might not get, you know, in this market, you might not get your perfect person on paper. You might not be able to attract your top choice candidate. Um, so hiring today really requires a shift in mindset from, you know, from before where you were screening out candidates who didn't meet all of your perfect criteria to today to screening in those who have enough of the mandatories and then can demonstrate potential for future success um, within your organization. So that requires kind of looking beyond the, you know, the proof points that been there, done that um, and, and really looking for the qualities that is going to make someone successful with sort of minimal training and, and support, um, you know, as, a, as they get started. So things like resourcefulness and, you know, people that take initiative, people who are conscientious, um, adaptability and resilience are big ones, especially these days. Um, you know, does this person have a growth mindset? Do they thrive on challenges? Um, you know, do they take risks and, and make mistakes, but learn from those mistakes? Um, so, you know, finding those qualities is, is helpful. And, and ultimately you can discover hidden gems, um, that, you know, and people that might've been overlooked before who could be, you know, amazing fits for your organization. I imagine some of those things, those qualities that you mentioned, you know, adaptableness, resilience. I mean, obviously right now, and especially with more and more people doing remote work, I mean, obviously, you know, juniors and people coming up into their career, they could learn through osmosis and just being around people physically. And obviously that's much less available now. So, I mean, looking out for those qualities uh, becomes even more of a priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of companies, you know, are looking to um, alternative ways of supporting people, you know, through this, through, you know, mental health resources and, um, and, you know, augmented benefits um, and things like that. But yeah, the being able to be in person and, and sort of absorb some of those qualities from the people around you and, and uh, you know, there's no, there's no sort of um, comparison to that. Yeah. Okay. What, what else are you coaching your clients? What's, what's your tip number four? Sure. Um, so this one's about optimizing your candidate experience. Um, and this is really about building a strong rapport with your top candidates and keeping them as close as possible during the process. Um, people should always know what the next step in the process is, when they're going to hear back from you. Ultimately, what happens is if a week goes by and they're left with no news, no matter how great the interview went, they will assume something has changed and they might, you know, start pursuing other things or taking other calls in the meantime. So, um, you know, that could put you at a disadvantage. So, you know, over communicate with your candidates throughout the process. An update that says I have no update is better than no update at all. Um, so you'll find if you, you know, the more that you can 
keep that ongoing constant communication and and sort of elevate your process and your candidate experience along the way, you'll be more inclined to 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 have control over it. Um, you know, as much as any as much as anyone can these days. Um, for interviewing, you know, make sure your hiring managers are showing up on time. That's a that's a basic one, but it's something that doesn't always happen. Um, they should know a little bit about the person that they're meeting and demonstrate that. The interview should be a two-way street, um, you know, and, and more conversational versus an interrogation. Um, how somebody is treated during the recruitment and interview process does have a big impact on their perception of your environment. So um, that's something that you need to focus on, especially in this kind of environment and keep people close and make sure they have a great experience along the way, um, you know, if you want to have the best shot at, at hiring them. Okay, great. So be mindful of experience. Um, there's no such thing as over-communicating. What's your final tip? The final tip is be open to boomerangs. So this is less about this is less about hiring and more about how you treat people when they leave your organization. One of the things that we've seen um, over the last while um, is this trend of people who have left an agency, gone somewhere else for a couple of months, maybe a year. And then have gone back, um, and this is happening because for a number of reasons, um, people aren't always leaving companies because they're unhappy. Sometimes they're just burnt out and sort of swayed by better pay, more flexibility. Um, but then when they get into their new environment, they're realizing that hey, the grass actually isn't greener. Um, it can be really difficult to judge the culture of a place over a Zoom interview, and and so as people are returning. Um, to the office. And as people are getting into the groove of things, you know, sometimes it's, it's not, um, it's not the right fit. Um, and some companies, you know, have, have painted a vision that doesn't always match the reality for the candidate, or they've had, you know, a, a not a very great onboarding experience and are having second thoughts. So there's a lot of things that are happening um, that I think makes it really important for companies to treat people extraordinarily well when they leave um, and check in on them, you know, keep tabs on the people that you would welcome back. This isn't something that companies would typically do, I would say, in the past. Um, but in a limited market, I think smart companies are keeping that door slightly ajar um, because you never know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I'm curious, um, what kind of advice are you giving to your other clients? So those those who are looking for work. I mean, it seems like they get to have a, a choice, but uh, how do they ensure that their values align with that of the companies and that the culture and that is going to be a fit with something that they're looking for? Yeah, I think it's it's about really getting clear on what your values are and asking good questions during the interview process. Um, if you have an opportunity to go in person and see an environment, um, you know, I would always, I would always advocate for that as well, especially if it's something that is, you know, is going to be future hybrid. Um, but really ask, ask more questions than you think you, than you think you need to, because it's not, you know, it's difficult when you're making decisions, big career decisions after spending, you know, two hours uh, worth of Zoom calls versus, you know, being able to walk into an environment and hear the music and see the people. Do they look happy? you know, um, sort of what's happening and you, you get more of a, a sense for a place um, in person than you do over a screen. So um, it's really about getting clear on on what your, you know, what your values are, what your motivations are, um, and making sure that the things that you're looking for are available to you in that next role. 
Mm-hmm. Great. And um, just with, I don't know, whatever phase we're at in the pandemic right now, uh, what, what are you kind of predicting for the next, um, I don't know, six to 12 months? Do you think we're going to continue in this kind of uh, great resignation, um, demand outstripping, demand for employees outstripping supply? I think it will go on for a little while. Um, I don't know how long, um, but it, it, I don't see any signs of it slowing down, certainly on, on my end. And, and I know from um, other recruiters that I talk to are in the same, same sort of situation. So um, it seems that, you know, this will probably continue at some point it will, you know, it may slow down a bit um, and there might be, you know, a, a contracting of the market. Um, but, you know, it seems like this is kind of the way, uh, the way forward, at least for now. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing those five tips with us. Uh, let me see if I've got them all. So, so from an employer perspective, move quickly, uh, boost your employer brand. Tip number three was to screen in versus to screen out. Um, optimize the candidate experience. That feels like a really important one. I think we so often focus on you know what the end uh, result is going to be like um, for the person that we hire as opposed to the process that leads up to that. Um, and I also like this last one, be open to boomerangs, because I think you see a lot of that in the agency world, uh, people coming back to places. Um, do you have any sense? Actually, I'm curious of, of, of what that rate might be. I don't know what the rate is, but off the top of my head, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's happening all over the place and it's happening, um, you know, not just in our industry, um, either, you know, it's happening across all industries. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have sort of a percentage, but, uh, but there's certainly a lot of cases that we're seeing. Okay. Great. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much. Um, and if any of our employee, employers or employees have questions, I'm sure they can follow up with you directly. We'll leave your LinkedIn details in our show notes. Fantastic. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Grow Up. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share this episode, and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. 